What is everyone's opinion on mint Oreos? Abolish. Abolish? You know, I, I don't think I've ever had them. They taste like thin mints. Yes, 100%. But I don't, are we here for the Girl Scouts? There's got to be something problematic going on there, but. When are they slanging cookies? I feel like it's probably a spring thing, right? Like, it's like. I, I just know. know that there's like this one group of Girl Scouts and they're like fucking innovators because they sell cookies in Suburban Station in the concourse. Wow. I bet you it's gone. I bet you Joe Biden did away with that too. It's always his fault. Or Obama, one or the other. (laughs) Okay. Circling back to the thin mint, I find that comparison offensive as someone who, you know, might be described as a white thin mint. I don't think anyone ever has. I just feel like the thin mint has a slimness to it and a crunchiness to it and a tastiness to it where the Oreo is good for other reasons. It doesn't have the crunch. I also keep my thin mints in the freezer. And I think that adds a layer of depth to them and another layer of crunch. And I think that... No, it's in the cookie, too. No, it's not, though. It's still kind Mm -hmm. of... We just started a debate of (laughs) Thin Mints versus Mint Oreos. I feel like the Oreo is still an Oreo, just with a little bit more of a minty flavor. Is the cream, not to use the word cream, but is the cream the place where the the mint is, Erica? Clearly, I fucking hate them, Kirk. That's why I'm shoving 300 of them in my throat. On that note, I think we need to carry on. Let's carry on. Thank you, Kirk. And welcome back, everybody, to Let's Unpack That. This is Season 3, Episode 5, The Gang Gets Radicalized. So tonight we are talking about the rise of misinformation, the primary culprits behind misinformation in the media world. So we're not specifically talking about any one individual. We're not specifically talking about any single, you know, one political candidate, but we're actually going to talk about the sources of the fake news itself and the people who are perpetuating or the companies, excuse me, that are perpetuating the misinformation. As most of you are probably familiar with, this is not going to be an episode about Fox (laughs) News. Fox News is, I think, a company that reports on these people and benefits from these people, but they're not necessarily always doing the ones doing the hard work like these ones are, I would say. So we have a couple different news stations, media outlets that we have selected for you, and we are going to go through a little bit of background on them, as well as uh, some of their most insane headlines. And we wanted to do this because we thought it would be fun, but also informative, because I will just say I have Breitbart news and the shit that I've been reading is wild. Um, We also went through the comment sections on these websites to pull a couple great quotes um, out of some of the articles. And I think that you will be surprised at some of the things that we heard. So this is a little bit of a different episode in that we're covering many headlines, but we are covering it from the side of the alt-right. So we are looking forward to getting radicalized tonight. So we will be right back. And we will get into our own radicalization. All right. Welcome back to Let's Unpack That Season 3, Episode 5. Kirk, you are up first. What are you drinking? And what company will you be talking about tonight? I'm drinking water. Because <laughs> I forgot that we were drinking <laughs> I'm just really healthy, you know. 
Mine is Newsmax, which I think before we jump into the history of it, the people who are listening, I did not know of Newsmax until I think last year or the year before. I think if anyone who was listening who knew of it too, might have been around the same time because Donald Trump had started going against Fox News because he was labeling it as anti-Trump. And I think a lot of Trumpers were as well, and it wasn't right enough for them. So Newsmax, I think, was a place where Trump told people to go and listen to and watch because they have a TV network as well, which started in 2014. But the actual Newsmax news platform goes back to 1998. And it was founded by Christopher Ruddy, who is a self-described libertarian, (laughs) which is funny, who is also pro-vaccine, despite what is shared on the Newsmax site. I don't know his involvement now with it, though. Maybe he's no longer, do we know if he's as involved, Paul? I don't know. One of them is dead. It may be him. (laughs) Oh, well, and he's pro-vaccine. So that shows you the vaccine does not work. (laughs) And then the biggest scandal would be it was promoting, obviously, the big lie last year that the election was stolen. And that was around the time I think Trump was telling them to go there. So it was telling pe- listeners to to go and listen to Newsmax. So, I mean, I, for one, I remember I walked into, and I know these people won't be listening, to one of my friend's houses or parents' houses, and her father was watching Newsmax. And that's when I knew, wow, the, and he's a self-proclaimed Trumper. And that's when I was like, wow, maybe this is actually taking over as as the new Fox News. You have to, I think, though, you have to subscribe and like you pay for it and everything. It's not just like on your casual cable, I don't think. But yeah, so that's what we know about Newsmax. Cool. Well, thank you. Happy that you're covering Newsmax. They, I feel, are the biggest out of all of these. So it will be interesting to kind of hear. And uh, Erica, who do you have and what are you drinking? Oh, my God. I just had like a March 2020 moment where I panicked about unmuting and that was great. I am also drinking water. I like completely forgot about the fact that we were supposed to get blitzed for this. I've been sewing, but I have OAN and in OAN came out in 2013 and like fully stems from Trump, right? So it is... A how do I describe OAN in a way? I know someone who works for OAN, and Not, but like, do you know them from like college or like you know them like their inner circle? Uh, no, no, I know like I grew up with them. Oh, okay, but like not not in my whatever irrelevant. My family knows who it is, but OAN is again it's Trump's network. They were founded in 2013. According to them, typical Trump fashion, they get 500,000 subscribers annually, or they have 500,000 subscribers plus. But according to Nielsen, it is actually 14,000. Honestly, I both appreciate and respect the scammery as a aspiring scammer myself. Uh, They were founded by Robert Herring Sr., who said about Donald Trump. And I quote, there's almost nothing you can mention that I don't agree with him on. Sometimes I don't like the way he says things, but as far as his actions and everything he's done, I think he's even better than I expected. To be fair, (laughs) Trump was better than a lot of people expected because we expected absolutely fucking nothing. And (laughs) OANs is not... The does not contain the same sparkling reputation as much more credible credible sources. The founder and chief executive Robert Herring Sr., famously again a blind Trump supporter, he testified that the inspiration to launch OAN back in 2013 came from AT&T executives, and he said, and I quote, "They told us they wanted a conservative network." 
he said during a 29th deposition with seen by Reuters, VA only had one, which was Fox News, and they had seven others on the other left-wing side. When they said that, I jumped to it and built one. I mean, whether or not that's true or false, I did not see anything further about it. But again, it shows that it is something that is truly a birth of this new right and this right that's a little bit more radicalized. Like Fox News, at the end of the day, has to hold itself to some degree of journalistic integrity. Not a lot, but some degree. And they are, still the end of the day, a legitimate news source. And OAN, to me, is like, in that movie Cloverfield, where there's the giant alien monster thing, and it just starts, starts dropping little demon babies. Like, OAN is one of those. And again, it is Patriots Network. So Andrew is dutifully subscribed. He is about 11,000 of those 14,000 confirmed subscribers. And um, yeah, it is certainly a place where people get news. Right next to stepbrother porn. (laughs) It's that Adventure Heroes website. I think the AT&T thing is the most interesting thing about OAN because uh, AT&T has, of course, denied that they have any say in what they create or who they are or giving them funding. But they certainly gave them a place to advertise on DirecTV. You know, they certainly gave them a place to to show their content. So it is interesting. It's kind of one of those mysteries, like you said, Erica, that's like never fully been solved. Andrew, for yours, what news or media outlet will you be covering tonight? I am covering the Gateway Pundit, which is a little blog founded by a guy named Jim Hoft in 2004. And it was literally a blog on Blogspot for many, many years until he kind of made it into a little bit more of something that looks like a news website in 2011. But if you look at Google Trends, it has never had a lot of traffic or viewership until 2016 when that shit took off like a rocket ship his website has become one of the most important and influential far-right fake news propaganda generating outlets out there in fact probably I would bet that much of the bullshit that your crazy uncle was spewing at family gatherings over the holiday came from the Gateway Pundit at some point. Jim Hoft seems to have absolutely no problem running any item or even creating items out of nothing and just running with them. And stuff that's been disproven over and over and over again. I mean, you can go, there's just way too much. The rap sheet is miles long. There's no way we could ever talk about it in a single episode. Just go to the Wikipedia page, read about all the things that have been proven false. There's a great write up in media matters about the website. The site itself claims that it has two and a half million unique monthly users and its readership peaked at 125 million page views in November, 2020 Reuters puts that number closer to 50 million unique views uh, at the end of 2020. But either way, that's a really substantial reach and Facebook has been fighting them kind of for a very long time and trying to suppress or make sure that 
the gateway pundit doesn't spread too much on Facebook because that was one of their main outlets. They have their main website, of course, but this stuff gets posted on Facebook and then it spreads and spreads and spreads, but they really haven't done much in the way of deleting posts from the gateway pundit. They've done it a couple times with COVID misinformation, but a lot of the stuff about the election is still up there. And one of the, that's one of the things that they've really gone in on is both the 2016 election and then again in the 2020 election perpetuating the big lie they targeted poll workers in the 2020 election by name including a woman named mary beth witzel bell who is among 25 election officials and workers targeted by more than 100 threatening and hostile communications that have cited the gateway pundit since last year's election according to a Reuters review of the materials, which included emails, letters, and phone messages, as well as comments posted on the website's stories. I mean, we'll go through some of these stories and read some of the comments live. <laughs> and it's just over and over again, you see people making references to basically killing Democrats in all kinds of different creative ways. And it seems like their comment section is entirely unmoderated. It's pretty insane. I also found that Jim Hoft was like the hardest one out of all these founders to learn anything about. Like there's not a lot of profiles on him or at least just in the way that I was searching. I found him to be difficult to find considering the scope and size of his website. Like, I don't know. It is very weird, but I think it's because he's just a guy. There's no, he has no background in the media or news in general. He's not a journalist or a writer or anything like that. He just started this blog and it was just him aggregating news, but like conservative articles and stuff. And then he started to just add his own spin. And now he has other writers. His twin brother is one of the, the main writers. And then there's a couple others that also write for the website. And they kind of have a pattern of, trying to toe that line between actual news and editorial or opinion where they'll have a news item that's an, a real news item, but then they add in a lot of opinion or you know stuff that makes it not like a traditional news article, but they're still trying to pass it off as such. But it is still very much a blog feel. Like they have all these affiliate links and they're partnering with different people to, you know, help each other make money. Like this guy named Dr. Vladimir Zelenko that looks like fucking Rasputin, who's selling a multivitamin he claims can treat COVID. And there's like interspersed within the articles, there's these other articles that look like articles, but they're actually sponsored posts of this guy. And they have a coffee company that it claims to be by patriots for patriots and their whole aim is to preserve american history because it's being destroyed by the liberal left tearing down statues you know the calcabean which is natural <laughs> naturally growing in the united states right yeah the american well that's what's <laughs> funny is they have a, a roast called the columbus <gasps> roast it's made with beans from central america oh my god that's some like next level creative colonization, actually. <laughs> I know. And in the description of the roast, it says, we celebrate Columbus Day. We don't care who's offended. Oh. Oh, and of course, they're affiliated and support uh, Mike Lindell, the very smart MyPillow guy, because of, of course they fucking do. Yes. 
Damn, you got deep into the Gateway Pundit. Uh, I wonder what their family dinner conversations are like, knowing that his twin brother works for them. <laughs> Gotta be. Oh, and and a special treat. The one thing I was able to find about Jim Hoft, he's gay. <gasps> yes. He wrote an article in Breitbart after the Orlando nightclub shooting coming out and then getting mad, getting mad at other gay bloggers and celebrities who were saying, you know, tweeting at the NRA like he was upset at Perez Hilton for blaming the NRA for the shooting. It's a wild article. I'll send it to you later. Okay. (laughs) I don't even know that I need to go with mine. But I have Breitbart News, which I feel probably people are most familiar with, not only because its logo stands out the most because it's like that bright orange um, with the white B that you see. Breitbart was founded in 2007. Again, kind of another company that gained more notoriety in 2014, 2015, 2016, end of Obama, beginning of Trump. The founder was Andrew Breitbart, um, who was actually a co-founder of the Huffington Post, which is insane. Again, I feel like Erica kind of mentioned that too. It's like these people who are have these wild connections or like the they have this like insane money and they're starting businesses funded by AT&T. Like they're all connected in, in some way. He is the founder, openly homophobic as a, a founder, which we love. Uh, he died at the age of 42, though, from a heart attack. So he's the one that died. And I would say they became sort of a rallying spot for supporters during Trump's run of office. Steve Bannon um, famously actually called it political news for the alt-right, which is insane to think of where Steve Bannon is now. And I would say their biggest scandal is during the 2016 presidential election, Breitbart News was accused by Rolling Stone of promoting conspiracy theories, including the debunked Pizzagate conspiracy theory, which led that high ranking Democrats were involved in a child sex ring, which we're all familiar with Pizzagate. We've talked about QAnon a lot on this podcast before. Breitbart News is one of those areas where it really started to take off beyond the message boards. So Breitbart News, again, 2.2 million monthly visitors, so they claim. It's definitely still prevalent. I see it a lot less, I feel than I see some of these other ones that we've talked about. But they're definitely still a site that a lot of people go to, listen to. um, And they tend to, I feel like, trend very much on Facebook on a regular basis, despite Facebook's, you know, crackdowns on them for misinformation too. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we will name some of the articles, comments, and trending topics that we have found on these websites. All right, and we are back, and we are going to jump right in with Kirk and Newsmax. Um, Kirk, what are the headlines that you have seen on Newsmax that are giving you cause for concern or reason to laugh? Most of mine, I feel like more reason to laugh than they were cause for concern. So they have like they have a bunch of different sections, but politics being the main one, and they have opinion, and most of these fell under the opinion pieces, which I think kind of makes sense. A lot of their their actual like reporting on things that are happening, whether it's politics, celebrity news, everything was very, the headlines were very blah. It was just very factual, I felt. Some were kind of ridiculous that had to do with Republicans, but it was quotes from Republicans. So they were ridiculous quotes. But some of the headlines I found, one was hospital bureaucrats can be deadlier than the disease. 
which obviously is about hospitals firing healthcare workers for not getting injected. They called it with an experimental COVID-19 vaccine. Not the actual, not, not that they're, they're saying it's still an experiment. It's an experimental COVID-19 vaccine. In the lane of COVID, there also was Biden is the ultimate COVID casualty. They were reported on January 6th saying the left, they always keep saying the left. They, I, I haven't seen many, like I feel like when you go on CNN, you don't see them saying the right. I feel like you say Republicans or conservatives, but they call it the left exploits January 6th to destroy Trump. And then January 6th is left's shoddy theater of the absurd. And the first line in that entire article was American liberals are stupid. That was just the first line. Literal opening sentence. Can you imagine going on CNN and the first line is Republicans are stupid. It would be everywhere on all of those websites. Oh, yeah. It would be a headline on this fucking website. And then this one I thought was just like, it's again, this is opinion, but like, wh- like I don't know who came up with this, but it says, Trump versus Jimmy Carter 2024. Let the inflationists battle it out. And then it said, how about a match between the two living one-termers? And then it went to an entire legitimate, this person legitimate think piece about could Jimmy Carter run again? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> Joe Biden's not old enough. Well, then I found that I really wanted to, um, this is not political, it's more about the Catholic Church, which, which I want to read a part of it. But the headline was, Catholic Church has cleaned up its act, the critics have yet to catch up. So saying that the church has cleaned up all of its issues, and people are still critiquing it, and they shouldn't. And one of the excerpts I found hilarious, well, also kind of concerning, was Representative Barney Frank hooked up with a male prostitute in 1989, but that didn't bother his constituents, most of whom voted for him time and time again with wide margins. The Boston electorate also likes pro-gay legislation. In 2004, Massachusetts became the first state to recognize gay marriage, in quote, air quotes, marriage. It did so with the help of four priests who testified the year before against a bill that would help define marriage as an institution between a man and a woman. So the point of this, they say, is these same people who voted for straight and gay promiscuous men went ballistic when the Globe published stories about sexually active priests. So they're comparing just gay people to pedophiles in the Catholic Church. And they're saying apparently there's nothing wrong with being sexually reckless unless one is a priest. Forgetting to mention that these priests weren't just sexually reckless, they were molesting, assaulting, and raping young children under the age of 18. Versus like two grown gay men choosing sex. Yes, and somebody having a, hiring a prostitute and the other ones, and then the one is just that they don't talk about, they're talking about Boston and Massachusetts because of the globe, obviously. And they're like, you know, Massachusetts has legalized, was the first to recognize gay marriage. Those are some hot takes. Erica, what are some of the headlines, commentary, opinion pieces that you saw? This one starts with Donald Trump, Revolver News exposed Fed surrection on Jan 6. And the 45th president also said Americans know what happened on January 6 was a Fed surrection. Thanks to Revolver News, he noted the media outlet did an excellent job to debunk false Democrat narratives about Capitol Hill protests. So they're essentially kind of the meat of this article is saying that the media is more focused on planted Democrats, Antifa, and they are trying to cover up the woman who was killed during the insurrection, covering up for her. The comments I fucking live for. And the assistance of the Capitol Police and the FBI, and now Merrick Garland, who amazingly was considered by the Democrats for the Supreme Court, is blatantly using his power to unfairly punish many of those who merely trespassed 
while covering up the murder of Ashley Babbitt. If the Republicans take back the House in 2022, hopefully they will have the backbone to investigate this. In the primaries, we need to make sure that the Republican candidate who wins the primary promises to do this. Also, this dude's name (laughs) is Old Timer. And I'm not going to read with the other, like what everyone else said, because it's like super ig. But (laughs) the person who responded to Old Timer was in fact, but wheat. That's why I need my news websites to have a lot of pictures. Andrew, you got to be more creative. Come on. <laughs> First of all, Kirk, you actually might be but wheat. That's my new grinder name. If you catch me on grinder this weekend, it's but wheat at me. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. And then the second headline is CDC director. Up to forty percent of those in hospital with COVID. There for other reasons. And I, I just like this statement because it's the type of petty shit I would personally write. And I'm honestly might email OAN for a job because I would love a job that I could completely bullshit and people would think that I'm some type of revolutionary. And there's kind of like with Kirk, like there's no reason to include any type of decorum And so, yeah, you can say the left is stupid, or you can also say the CDC had deflected by talking about how much the vaccines reduce severe illness and death. When pressed, however, she folded (laughs) on the issue. So it is just like stunningly bad. Um, And again, it's one of those things where it's like, there's no journalistic integrity here. There's no... Half of these like articles are either, I kid you not, screenshots from Twitter, um, or they're like, vi- like there's actually not a lot of reading that's done on this website. It's mostly videos that, by the way, do not have closed captioning. So it is a little ableist too. And I don't respect that. Something about that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that there's, there's, there may not be a diversity, equity, and inclusion specific employee resource group for the disabled community at OAN. Something about that. (laughs) Could you imagine? I think the funny part is like 90% of the people who consume OAN, which is either 450,000 people or like 13,000 people, who knows, are like, old people in Florida, I feel like. If you were to ask me who's OAN's demographic, old people in Florida, um, Orange County housewives, and dudes who look like Andrew. Like, that's kind of it. <laughs> okay, now we just now we just borderline. Now we just went borderline ableist. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> They're just ignorant. But that's to say... This is, it is absolutely chaotic. The comments are absolutely chaotic. Some, again, we're just going to go by usernames alone. We have simply dismayed every day, which I'm going to be completely honest. I fully dis, like, I fully agree with. But we is back. That's what I've noticed on the comments on Breitbart. It was so many of the same people commenting over and over and over and over. Like, I think they have a second laptop up. Like, it, it was it was very consistent that there are these sort of, like, yes. 
influencers almost on these sites. They always had the highest rated comments. Like they always had the most replies. It was very confusing to me of like, that's not exactly how I would see it on Instagram. I think if you were to get like into the niche queer real housewife stuff, you would see the same people commenting, but it wouldn't just be the same on like a political activism page. It's not, they're not the same people driving this, kind of narrative and engagement online. But you also have to like, like it is so clear that these are also people who are probably fringe in their own groups. And so this is kind of where they feel represented or whatever. I knew someone who, you know, if you spoke about politics to their face, they would just kind of get quiet or it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a fucking Nazi. And I wish I was like saying that in a joking manner, but she was a genuine Nazi. She was at the insurrection. She was like, someone found her Twitter that was like her Twitter, but under a different name. And she was spewing nationalist esque propaganda. And it's like these people can't be that in person and so these news outlets are just like the perfect safe space as much as they want to pretend that they're better than that for them to have these stupid ideas and so long as they're trending towards agreement to the topic they could say the dumbest most like improbable impossible to prove things on the planet and people are just going to be like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're totally right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I got from it. Andrew, what were some of the ones that you got from Gateway Pundit? It was hard to narrow down. There are so many posts daily on this website. It's insane. And the archive goes all the way back to 2004. There's almost 3,800 pages on this fucking blog. It's insane. But I have a couple. And it's funny because they're trying to like bridge that gap. They're trying to be sort of news and, but so they're trying to sort of present themselves as respectful. So the headlines aren't so crazy, but the articles, the way they're written themselves are pretty crazy. They're like full of like bolded text and like italicized text and they're really difficult to read. But here's one. Liz Cheney's January 6th committee will ask turncoat Mike Pence to testify. <laughs> a, tur- a turncoat? Yeah. <laughs> a turncoat. Complete with a, a picture of Pence looking very sad. It says, angry Liz Cheney and her sham January 6th committee will ask former Vice President Mike Pence to testify as the show trial continues this month. Oh my God. The show trial. Oh, and the first comment. This self-serving little wasp will be there punctually, neatly dressed and eager to please. Okay, now these people have a problem with, like, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants? Like, wait, what? Like, I... Like, who are they not? (laughs) You think a black guy wrote that? No. No. No, it was probably that uh, Pennsylvania representative who pretended to be a black guy on Twitter. (laughs) 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 He tweeted as a black trans man or something, right? Yep. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Until he fucked up and forgot to switch accounts. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, is that man still working? He, I believe, is no longer an elected official. That is one story that like rivals Four Seasons landscaping to me. Like, yeah, it's also like PA, so I'm biased, like with Pennsylvania. But yeah, it's just so embarrassing. That is so embarrassing. I was just going to say that, Andrew. Anyway, sorry. Continue. There's an article about Michelle Obama um, issuing an urgent message about this year's midterm elections. Basically, she put out a video about getting out the vote and the Voters' Rights Act. The article is whatever. It's it's not that big of a deal. But the comments are unfucking hinge. So the first comment is from Patriot69, who writes, Go pound sand, Michael. And it's just, it's just comments are after comments oh, are calling her Michael, calling her Big Mike. Oh my God. This is patriotic lady. God, I can't stand him or his what husband, f- Barry. I think like these are like these safe spaces. Like there doesn't seem to be any moderation here. As long as people, I mean, there are direct threats in some of these. It's, it's crazy. Marilyn H., just wrote Big Mike with a eggplant emoji. We're not going to spend any more time with this because this is just unhinged. The thing I really wanted to talk about is uh, there's a set of articles. There's three different articles on Bob Saget and one on Betty White, all within the same period of time. So, of course, Bob Saget died. It's very tragic and sad. It seems to maybe be natural causes or something. I don't think we know yet. But within hours of him of it being reported that he died, they wrote an article saying Bob Saget dead at 65 found in a hotel room at Ritz Carlton in Orlando. It's a pretty innocuous article, just basically reciting the facts. He was found dead according to TMZ in the hotel room, blah, 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 blah. And then circumstances of deaths of his death are unclear. They have the sheriff statement and then they throw in this, this little throwaway line, Bob Saget tweeted a joke about getting the COVID booster on November 28th. That's all they say in the article. It has no connection to anything else in the article. Everything else is very factual. So, of course, there are just hundreds, actually 1,600 comments, everybody saying, obviously, it's the vaccine. All they had to do is put that little line in there, and everybody picked up on what they are trying to convey. It's the vaccine. It's the booster. There's no point in reading these. They all basically say the same thing. Like, oh, I knew I knew the vax is bad. I also feel, is is that a clever way for them to get around being kicked off of Twitter for like misinformation and stuff? Like, because they can't obviously say, right? Yep. You know, that, that, I mean, they can say it on a different platform that Bob Saget died because of the COVID booster. But they can infer it, and then they say, well, it's free free speech, whatever. The commenters can comment as they want. You know, they can promote whatever type of dialogue they want. We're just, we're not asking questions even. We're just raising facts, which it's true that that is a fact. Yeah, there it's, is it's no, not misinformation. It's not misinformation, right? Yeah. So they can't get flagged for stuff like that. I, I noticed that a lot about Breitbart as well. Yeah. The same thing, well, I don't know, Andrew, if they said it on there too, but I know when Betty died, they didn't they didn't actually release her cause of death till this week, I think. But when they did release the cause of death, her publicist had to say, 
that it was not the booster because there was people saying that it was the booster. Like, so hers got to a point where like they had to make a statement saying, no, she, it was not because of the booster. I think she had recently made a statement in people magazine that she had gotten the booster and everyone needs to get the booster and stay healthy, blah, blah, blah. So I think people were assuming that not, you know, the crazies were assuming that it was the booster, but I, I don't know if they're saying she didn't get it at all, but whatever, whatever they said was, that was not why she suffered a stroke like a few days prior to her death, but to the point where they had to make a statement. So, so someone was reporting that. Yeah. Yeah. And so same with Gateway Pundit and that other article yesterday, they ran a, an article about Betty White and basically just reporting the facts, essentially just copying the TMZ article and copy pasting. And then at the very end of their little intro, a couple of paragraphs about just reciting all this, it just said strokes can be caused by blood clots. That's a sentence they put in there. And then, of course, everybody in the comments was able to pick up on that and know exactly what they're trying to get everybody to say. It's the clot shot. It's it's the spike protein that's causing you know these strokes and all this other stuff. They wrote two other articles in the last couple of days about Bob Saget, basically rehashing the exact same information. Some of it literally copied and pasted from the other articles, like it's the exact same wording. And all of it includes that little line about him getting the booster shot on November 28th. And this newer one says he was triple vaxxed, but cops investigating his revelation that he recently battled COVID and whether the China virus caused blood clots. Like they throw that in there. So it seems like what they're trying to do, they've published three of these articles, is they're trying to see what sticks, what is going to go viral. Because the one thing that the Gateway Pundit is pretty famous for is getting stuff to go viral on social media. So it just seems like they keep generating the same content over and over and over again until one of them gains traction and takes off. It's insane. I Like, I think... I'm still not over the turncoat comment. Just want to be clear on that one. I'm still stuck there. <laughs> I think to me, what's sad is, I mean, it's obviously sad that all these commenters exist and many of them could be real people. But what's sad is that that comment about blood clots or that comment about a stroke, that comment about a heart attack is what actual vaccine hesitant people feel you know like like it's like there's all this rage and there are these people who are never going to get vaccinated unless you literally come to their house and jab them with a needle like but like there's these other people who sit on the fringes who are maybe healthy people maybe not healthy people they're just sort of worried and they've read this stuff and don't have the critical thinking abilities to deduce what's true and what's not they see something like that and they're like Oh, Bob Saget, Betty White, you know, like, it's like, I don't know, like, this has a fringe effect too on society. And I think that's the saddest thing about all of these news sites that that it, it impacts everybody. Um, Even the way that we talk about inflation, you know, it's like, these people go off the fucking rails about inflation. New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, kind of like, NPR sort of play the middle about inflation. And then so where do people end on like the exact opposite of the truth? And it just it that worries me about like people's consumption of news because we know people can't consume an entire article. So if they're just getting sound bites here and there, we end up in a, a way fucking shittier place of a lot of people understanding less. I've even noticed when I get more comp like complex with my infographics on Instagram, there's less engagement. I was getting thousands of shares 
when it was like one sentence per slide. But that doesn't feel responsible for me to only give people one sentence of information. So I because I just know how people interpret information. And these people are taking advantage of it. And as somebody who is like a little bit of a writer on a tiny, small platform, that really terrifies me for like our future. Yeah. And that's how this whole like the gateway pundit is set up and these other sites too that we've talked about there really isn't that much meat to any of the content they're putting out it's not like going to the atlantic or the new york times where you can read a 800 word essay or you know some really in-depth reporting or something like that and they have their shorter articles too where they're just reporting the news but all of these things that i'm reading here are just like this, the article about turncoat Mike Pence, it's three sentences and then two paragraphs that they copy and pasted from Newsmax. That's the entire article. But what's what's crazy to me is that's all they need. They're just trying to generate as much content as possible to go viral. Like you were saying, they just need that soundbite. They just need a couple of really good sentences that people can latch onto. It doesn't matter what the context is or if it's conveying any useful information. Everybody in the comments in these echo chambers know what's up. All they have to do is is mention that strokes can be caused by blood clots. They don't have to expand on that because everybody's already in on it in the comment section. And they can just basically circle jerk about that idea in the comment section. Totally agree. So my piece is kind of similar talking about Breitbart. I was kind of stunned at the lack of content in the article in a couple of the articles that I read, it is just one, two or three paragraphs. But while you're reading, you're surrounded by ads on the right, ads on the left, ads in the middle of the magazine, which is where these folks make all of their money. And there's local websites, there's middle of the road websites. And, you know, sometimes reading like USA Today is so enormously frustrating for me. Even the New York Times, which I pay for, still has ads in it, but it's not near to the level that these folks are at, where you can just click on anything and everything. Honestly, I was shocked at the lack of information that I saw, but I will say with Breitbart, the most shocking thing that I saw was on the main kind of menu of Breitbart across the top of the page where, you know, you could, if, if it was the New York Times, you'd click on politics, you'd click on COVID-19, you'd click on the Afghanistan crisis. If that was going on right now, you have your headings, you have your submenus. The menu and the submenu on Breitbart is completely unhinged. And I'm just going to read a couple of them for you guys. The headlines are COVID-1984. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> Build back bust. Bidenflation rages. Dem cities lawless. China threat. And masters of the universe. Which, when I clicked on masters of the universe, it's all big tech companies. Is all the articles about big tech. And... I couldn't believe that, like, I was like, wait, these are trending topics? So then I clicked on the actual hyperlink for COVID-1984, and the URL is www.breitbart.com slash coronavirus. It's not COVID-1984. So I clicked on Build Back Bust, and it's breitbart.com slash Build Back 
better. I was like, they know what they're doing. Like these are all specifically chosen terms to enrage people, to give people talking points, to give people a rallying point against democratic policy positions or get against science or against reason all of these things are like one number one masters of the universe like i wouldn't even know as a user that that's what big tech is but clearly that's something that is present in their minds to have a whole section on your website about china threat that seems wild to me so just the homepage alone told me so much about the site but the actual article i think like kirk you were saying about newsmax it wasn't articles or headlines that seemed inflammatory at all. Like the one was Joe Biden to denounce Republican voting integrity laws as domestic enemy of democracy. That is factually true. The voting integrity laws that Republicans have put in place, Joe Biden has labeled an enemy of democracy. The other one that I looked at was Joe Manchin kills Biden agenda again. Build back better is deader than ever. That could be the New York Times that posted that. What's different is the content of when you get in the article. Every time you open up the New York Times and you read an article about Build Back Better, there are at least two paragraphs explaining a little bit about what's in it. On Breitbart, there was absolutely nothing in these articles. So I didn't have anything to go on other than just the fact that it was Joe Manchin saying that the bill had stalled. So I just went straight to the comments and someone said, Joe Manchin, a dino worth 10 rhinos, a Democrat in name only worth 10 Republicans in name only. I'm so happy that build back Bolshevik didn't pass. And then he has remained as he has in Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin has remained in the Democrat Party, even though his state has moved to the GOP. Why? Because he is not a real man. You can no longer consider yourself a man and remain in the party of the LGBT. LGBTQ. Let's get Biden to quit. <laughs> I could not handle it, but I needed to go to the, another one. So I went to that voting integrity one. Again, no content about what the voting reforms that Joe Biden wants to pass are. Just the fact that he wanted to talk about voting integrity laws. And it immediately went to COVID in the comment section. If you have to show a passport to eat in New York City, you can show a piece of ID to vote. It was all about voter ID. This, I'm going to preface this, this is racist. Hey, blacks and tans, <gasps> why do you follow a party that thinks you are too stupid to vote? Like, again, talking about voter ID and the fact that people don't know how to get an ID in this country. What are tans? I thought it was supposed to be black and trans like i didn't know like i I didn't know i think they're trying to be clever because a black and tan is a blend of like yeah it's like a stout and and a lager mixed well that's like that's why you know but that's we're going to interject earlier when you said this like the all like all their time all of those headlines or or not headlines but subject matter lines were like that's what they do better than democrats like they've always had like covid 19 1984 it's like i could hear some of my da- friend's dad saying that like, like it's like <laughs> know. It's, it's, but that's how they get it and that's how it spreads that's how people understand it and that's we don't we don't have that we have i'm with her and the the information you get in these articles like that that one about joe manchin the first paragraph or the subtitle says While the establishment media reported Sunday from two confirmed sources that Manchin was resuming negotiations on Biden's $1.9 trillion reconciliation package, the West Virginia senior told reporters that the massive tax and spend plan was still dead. 
So what that is saying is that the establishment media is wrong. So then I was like, they must have reported on this too. And no, you look two days later on that same Sunday, they reported about it too. It said Joe Manchin resumes negotiations on Build Back Better. And then it talked about how Axios was making that reporting. But to me, they're like trying to actively discredit the media while simultaneously discrediting them themselves. But they know that their readers don't have the critical thinking abilities to like move beyond that and realize like, oh, Breitbart told me this too, which is why like this stuff is niche, but dangerous because of how popular it is. So I don't know. I found not much information on Breitbart just generally, but it was all in the comment section. Again, those little quotes here and there, build back Bolshevik. Somebody's uncle is saying that at Thanksgiving. And how are you supposed to be prepared to respond to that? Like, I wouldn't even think to make a post about even with the BLM protests, the summer of 2020, I, I was going to say last summer, but we've been in this fucking pandemic for almost three years. <laughs> I totally forgot. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the articles that were written around that time was like, all of Portland has burned to the ground. And it was a couple blocks where the major protesting was happening and there was some burned cars and yeah, there was some rioting and looting, but it wasn't the entire city. It was like, do people expect if they went to Portland, like they would just, there was just nothing there mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Dems, Dem cities lawless. Like they think all cities like that. They have no, no concept of a city any longer. They think it's just like mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. city. They're afraid to go to New York city or they're afraid to come down to center city, Philadelphia. They think every single street is just burning yeah. down and looted. And every, you get shot if you walk outside. Yeah. And like, I hear that from people I know who don't, read Breitbart and don't really even look at Fox News. They're like, Kirk, you were saying this the other day in our group chat. Like people right now think Philadelphia is like in like you can't walk down the street without being killed. Like they have no concept. People think and this is how people were I've heard like conservative reporters report on New York City as like you walk down the street, there's no one around. It's a ghost town. No, it's not. It's not. It's just literally not at all. Like these things are not true, but you people read it and they the way it's given to them is so like you almost can't not believe it because it's so ridiculous that they would believe it. It goes back to Kirk, even when you and I were growing up in the suburbs of Philadelphia, like it's like that was 20, 25 years ago where we were like, had a concept and it was like, Oh, you don't go into the city. It was like, you were like, Oh my gosh, like they have a Philadelphia address. Cause we're like privileged kids from the suburbs. And like, there was more crime in the nineties in Philly and in New York in the eighties. Like it was just like, Oh God, the city, like, and then you remember it, like getting rebuilt and getting it be like, and you're like, what? Like, I can't, I didn't, I wasn't even allowed to like, it was like unheard of that I would be downtown or like going for a run on river drive because that was unsafe. And I'm like, what? Like, that's not at all the case of what's going on. And people just think because there were some protests two years ago um, or a year and a half for like, very just reasons that it's just been a, this cycle of of targets being burned to the ground. <laughs> like, it, it just really makes no sense. Well, what's, like, interesting about you guys saying that, so I live in Kensington, and, like, Kensington does have a reputation, and there are parts of Kensington that are not safe places to be. Um, but, like, when I tell people I live here, they think that I am literally, like, swimming through, 
like used syringes to get to my car. And it's like, no. Or they'll say something like, how are the neighbors? I'm like, they've been shoveling my car out of the snow for the past two winters. So like, they're pretty fantastic. And it's, again, it's one of those things where like, some people cannot let go of the idea of a certain idea of a place. And I think that's why all of these kind of outlandish alt-right news sources can thrive is because people are so afraid of a changing world that they would rather live in fear of the change itself or continue to fear what it used to be. Even when you look at socialism, I think that socialism, for a lot of people, was this really terrifying thing. And there are obviously countries where that's not working. But then you look at some of these Nordic countries and it's like, yeah, I want that shit. The Netherlands, they're fucking thriving. And again, it's holding on to this old ideal that socialism becomes communism and then you're in Cuba or you're in the USSR. And it's like things have changed and you can't hold on to that fear. But when you have these websites that are feeding into that, it's great for the websites. They get their traffic. Obviously, you have sites like Breitbart where... (laughs) That traffic is how they generate ad revenue. And then from there, it's, you know, they continue their notoriety, their fame, and their checks, and they're all happy, and they don't care about what effects their words have. We've said it multiple times already on the podcast tonight, but it really is like, it's a lack of healthy, useful information. Like reading mainstream news sources, there's some analysis of what they're talking about. They always or usually always give some context about what they're talking about. All of these articles, you know, if they're mentioning a socialist country, they just say, oh, it's bad and they move on. There's no context about what's going on or the history of why what's happening now in a particular country is the way that it is. It's just like, well, this is what happens when socialism or this is what happens when gay marriage or whatever else it is. And that's the problem is I don't I think the people reading these websites, they don't want that information. I had the same experience growing up where the big city was this dangerous, murderous hellhole, um, even like Reading, Pennsylvania or or Pottstown. Where it was like, oh, yeah, we don't go to those places especially not at night because, you know, you're just going to get shot or there's just bullets whizzing around. But there wasn't any effort to try to find out if that was true or not. Like, it's not something that we've ever experienced directly. It's just we took it for granted. Oh, that's bad. Oh, we don't go there. But I always laugh because then you send your kids to schools that are usually in areas that are in cities. And at 18 years old, you send your kids off to live there. But for the past 18 years, told them how horrible each city is. And my mom went to the Art Institute. She talked fondly about going to the Art Institute by herself. She would ride the train down and, and go to classes. And that was like totally fine. But then, you know, it's like, oh, you're going down to the city to hang out with friends? Like you have friends in the city? It's the boogeyman effect. I mean, honestly, after looking at all these headlines, like it's all very boogeyman-y. It's just like to scare their people into believing what they believe. And it's like – and I'm not saying that we – like 
that the left doesn't do that in certain ways. I'm sure they do. I mean, Donald Trump essentially was a large boogeyman, but to he created that himself. But like, but it's it's like everything you read on these sites is just too. I don't know, like CNN, people can say it feels like an opinion and there are a lot of opinion people on TV that that kind of needs to end overall in the news world. But like, these are just so strictly, they're outland, they're outwardly telling you what they are and people are going to them and accepting it. And they can do what they want because they are themselves and they can, they're not mainstream media. So like, I do wonder what one day when we stop saying mainstream media, we see the amount of numbers these places are getting. And it's like, well, that is mainstream media. <laughs> if you're getting this many hits, you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, yeah. If 5 million people watch Tucker Carlson every night. Right, right. He's the mainstream media. Right, right, right. But he'll never say that. And I think, you know, just to kind of like round us out, I don't think that there's any advice that we can give to our listeners on this particular episode. I think that treat this a bit as an awareness piece, you know? So I would like to do another episode on combating misinformation, recognizing the signs and symptoms of of misinformation. I think there are people who are much more qualified to talk about that with us, but we've had a lot of fun laughing at some of these headlines, laughing at some of the comments, but I I think that's because we kind of have to laugh at them or else we, we would cry at them, recognizing that it's sort of the state of the world. But fake news, misinformation, we've only seen it exacerbated through through COVID and vaccinations and then what happens when you get a vaccine. It's it's only been more and more dumbed down, which makes it more and more accessible to so many people. Um, so while we may not be the experts to talk about it today, um, please reach out if you would like that in the future. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with our favorite segment of the episode, which is Pack It Up. All right, and welcome back for our final segment of the episode. This is Pack It Up, where we highlight a person, organization, or something in pop culture that needs to pipe down, pack it up, depart the aircraft carrier. Everyone will go. And Kirk, you are up first. Yeah, so I think Erica's going to do this one with me. I think we all can kind of jump in on it. But I would like to pack up the people who think that Joe Biden is like sitting in their local Sunoco station, like making the price of the gasoline go up. They need to <laughs> shut up because it's just not how it works. And, and I think, Erica, you had some other examples too of what we mean by this. I spoke to a man once upon a time and he sends me a picture of it's a comparison and it is the price of a turkey in 2020 and then the price of a turkey in 2021 and it's like some insane like three four hundred percent markup and he goes this isn't regular inflation this is Joe Biden and I'm like first of all sir what (laughs) How does Joe Biden impact the... Do you think... And Andrew famously loves turkeys. (laughs) Do you think that Joe Biden walked (laughs) onto a turkey farm and said, you know, that turkey over there, we're not valuing him enough. That's a $60 turkey, not a $20 turkey. Like, what the fuck, dude? And it's this, like, thing where if you ask them... If you press them at all, they have no response because there's no link. Yeah. And I just wish people could just like think, I mean, I remember like 
I mean, it happens with any president. I mean, there's times we blame Trump for things that I, I don't know. It's not as crazy as this, though. I don't think at least I didn't because I, I start to try to critical think as why these things are happening. But it happened all the time with Obama. I mean, Paul, we were talking the other day. It still happens. People say Obama did this. Obama did that. Blaming Obama. He hasn't been in office in a decade almost. Like we see all the time where the right, I think, does it a lot too when there's a president. They just want to blame everything on the president, which I understand the president has a role of governing and leading the country. But like, like just, just common sense with this gas situation, it's like, We've been at home, the whole world has been at home, right? Not driving, not traveling, not going places. So prices were going down. And now that the economy is opening up like they fucking wanted it to more than anybody else, prices are going up because there's more of a demand. Like it's, it's a global thing, guys. It's not just, first off, we don't even get all of our gas, most of none of our gas from the United States, which is one thing. There's just very limited things. A president, whether it's Joe Biden, Donald Trump, or but Jimmy Carter, our next president, no matter who it is, they can't, they they don't have much. There's like two or three things they can do to help. And it really wouldn't even alleviate it that much. There's not just a thing that they can do to, to make that happen. Um, it's just going to fluctuate and it'll go back down. I mean, Donald Trump, I remember when he was leaving office, was like proclaiming that he, the gas prices were at the lowest. Ever. It was like a dollar something, which was not true. It, it, it was not at a dollar. It was like two something, I think like a high, almost $3, which is fine. And he claimed it was because of him. But now think of if it was reverse. If it was going up, he would claim it was not because of him. Like it's just, and, and so would they. They would say it's not because of him. It's because they would just be like the Dem- Senate, the Democratic, the Democrats and the Senate are blocking something mm-hmm. from allowing gas to go down. But that's the logic here. Just like I wish people could think for a second, understand like hmm, why is gas going up? I've had literal people, friends, parents sit at dinner the other week and say like, we got to talk about these gas prices and the president. I'm like that's not how it works. You're a full-blown, like, grown-up. You don't understand this? But why? Yeah. That's where I'm I'm like, why do you think that, for one thing, we have an international labor shortage, A, that is undeniable. And I know a lot of people who, again, are going back blaming presidents, blaming cap, like, blaming the entire administration top to bottom, And it's like they can't conceptualize that there are greater things happening outside of America. Like, yeah, sir, maybe the price of, I don't fucking know, your tires went up because they're not, like, it's not that, you know, some guy in Venezuela decided, oh, let's fuck over Joe from, like, Louisville, Kentucky. It's a matter of their, our economy is sensitive. It has always been sensitive. The, even the mention of a certain person, a certain major politician thinking about doing something can shift our economy. And so it's this stupid thing where people think that America decides everything and this whole planet is just the product of our great founding fathers and of course our capitalism fathers that we all work dutifully under and it's just this stupid thing where there's no ability to step back and look at it from a macro level and like you don't even have to be that smart to do it if winter is long certain crops aren't going to be there are going to be more expensive because they're in low demand if Summer is going, you know, if it gets too hot, then you have, you know, loss of resources and that are that's going to affect things. And it's like, I don't understand why this is such a 
massive, unwieldable concept to people when it's by completely, and large common sense. Completely agree. I like also, uh, like I just purchased one of those COVID tests from that company, iHealth. I may have sent the link to you guys when we were like looking for rapid tests. Like I just like wanted to make sure like we had enough. Of course, both, you know, Jack and I ended up getting COVID. So now we have these tests that, you know, hopefully we can give to friends or, or something like that. But they just released a message on their website about an unfortunate price increase, you know, and I just like thought to myself when I purchased these things, not that long ago, it was three weeks ago. I'm literally doing the math right now. When I purchased these things three weeks ago, it was like $12 a test. Now it's up to $20 a test. And they're saying that it's because of the increased demand for their product and the lack of raw materials and the cost of air freight. I believe that part of that is true. Do I believe that's $8 worth of a price increase from $12 to $20? Absolutely not. And so I feel like it's, it's again, like pull up the curtain, you know, look behind it and then see who's really in control here. It's again, corporations taking advantage of us, you know, without fail over and over and over again. I think you guys all like set it right. And of course there's going to be increased demand for testing, but it's like, they were also just, I won't go on any further. Right. Right. Like they, like I literally sent it to somebody in the UK and I was like, Oh yeah, we just paid $90 for 10 tests. So about 10, $11 for a test plus the (laughs) shipping fee. And they were like, what? They literally will hand us tests on the street before we walk into a restaurant because they want to make sure we'll get tested. We will sit outside of the restaurant for 15 minutes in London so that we can get a test. And it's not that they don't have testing shortages in other areas of the country. It's certainly not as difficult as us. And so it's, again, we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole, but it just fully detracts from the conversation. So I think you guys are right to pack up those folks who who don't understand simple parts of, of economics that I don't, I don't have an economics degree either, but there's logical pieces of this that make sense. They're getting wrong. They're getting mad at the wrong people and it's not Mm -hmm. helping anybody. You know, they should be Mm -hmm. getting mad at the companies and not at Joe Biden for these things that are out of his control or at least out of his immediate control. I'm, you know, we would hope the government would do something about the fact that a company can jack up the price of insulin or tests or anything else as far as they want. And we all just have to accept it. But, you know, right here and right now, you know, what is he going to do? Go over to the middle East and slap somebody in OPEC and tell them to bring the prices down. I'd actually, I'd actually like to see that. That would be cool. Well, they think Donald Trump would have done that. They think he would have been mean, Mr. Mean Donald Trump and gone over to where he needs to go to and get it done because they think that's what he did for four years. Like they literally think he traveled around the world and did that for, and, yeah. uh, to make America better. Literally, number one, no, he did not. Yeah, number two, sure. they're, they're talking shit about like uh, the cost of insulin, as you just mentioned. Then vote for the fucking Build Back Better bill that reduces the price from 3500 to $35 or $1,800 to $35, whatever it is. Right. I, like what? Like you're talking about inflation. Okay, here's a bill that's going to like curb the cost of inflation. 
Here's a bill that's going to reduce the cost of childcare. Here's a bill that's going to reduce your healthcare costs. Like, here's a bill that's going to reduce your uh, collegiate education costs. Like, what? Okay, if we're dealing with inflation, which is something we can sometimes and cannot control, you, I would wish we had a president like somebody like Elizabeth Warren who talks very fiercely about corruption as it comes to price gouging. Um, but like, you have a policy right in front of you that does a lot to curb these costs. Yet Democrats or Republicans, excuse me, understand it's not politically beneficial for them to decrease the cost of anything right now because they know that'll make Joe Biden more popular. It's insanely frustrating. Andrew, who are you packing up? Who or what are you packing up this week? I didn't have a pack it up. I feel pretty good about packing up all those companies that are taking advantage of us in the pandemic and, and hiking up prices far, far beyond what they should be just to keep up with the uh, increase of prices. But I do have a suggestion. We talked a lot about the these alt-right crazy news sources. And it's it seems ridiculous and funny to talk about because they are ridiculous and funny, but they do have real world impact. A lot of the stories from all of those uh, websites that we talked about have gone viral over the last couple of years. And all of those websites contributed in a huge way to the big lie and both the 2016 election and the 2020 election. And they're probably going to contribute in a huge way to the midterm election and to the 2024 presidential election. And like we said, like where's the line between mainstream media, and not mainstream media anymore stuff. I hear my family say, they don't they don't even go to some of these websites. They don't know what the Gateway Pundit is, but they say mm-hmm. things that are originated from an article on the Gateway Pundit or on Breitbart, and they watched it on Fox News or somewhere else. Like Fox News is sort of this unwitting or maybe even witting like mouthpiece for these more alt-right news websites, and it filters through everything, gets spread around Facebook. So there's a great website and a great app called Ground News. And Paul, I'm sure you, I, I know you've talked about it on the podcast before. But what's great about it is it'll show a headline and then it'll show a whole bunch of different news sources. And there's an independent system for how they choose who's in the center or leaning left or leaning right or right or far right. And you can see who's covering what, and you can scroll across and see the different headlines. And there's just a, a real stark difference in how a story is headlined from outlet to outlet to outlet. And it's really fascinating to see that. And I think it also makes you more informed, even if you are you know, more liberal, more progressive, even if you're a leftist or something like that. I think it's helpful to also see what's going on on the right side of the spectrum as well. So you can get that complete media landscape, but also you can understand what your crazy uncle Larry is fucking talking about. So you're saying keep it up, not pack it up to ground news. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it up ground news. We'll come up with a better pun for that in future episodes. No, I think that is good. I have a hundred percent endorsement of ground news. I don't use it every day, but I probably use it every other day. Um, they also, if you kind of like pay for a certain tier of it, it's not super expensive for, for the average person. You can also get a blind spot report. So it can tell you what articles you missed on the progressive or on the conservative side because you weren't paying attention to other news outlets. So highly recommend that as well. And we've dunked a lot on 
the uh, alt-right, the right-wing Republican politicians today, their media companies. I think that we could not finish this episode if we didn't say pack it up to the Democratic Congress and pack it up to President Biden on their lack of action on student loan debt. And I'm going to say this for a couple reasons. I am not 100% of a supporter of canceling all student loan debt. I think that there does need to be a larger conversation around making education more affordable and reducing debt overall for everybody who enrolls in college from now till 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. Um, So the current proposal, I see the immediate benefit of all these people who will be free of their debt, of course, but I also want something systemic to happen as well for all of those young kids who are about to incur an insane amount of debt too. But I'm saying pack it up because Biden made a promise to voters in debt. He promised $10,000 in relief. He has thankfully continued to defer payments although I guess we can thank Omicron for that. But recently, in a survey, 26% of parents are delaying retirement because they help their children pay off their debt. And to me, there's almost nothing more sad than that, right? It's like, when you think about what a lot of people view the quote-unquote American dream, which is a whole level of insanity, but a bunch of people who think about raising kids and they want to raise their kids to be self-sufficient. They want to raise their kids so that kids can move out of their home and pursue their dreams. They don't want their kid to be burdened by debt. They certainly already fronted enough costs during the kid's childhood, like diapers and food and rent and all everything else that goes along with being parents. So the fact that these co-signers of loans and in these specific government programs that exist, that 26%, a quarter, a quarter of all parents now are delaying retirement because they are helping children pay off their debt. That is not the type of society that we want to live in. That is not the type of society that we want to encourage people to work hard and then you can retire for the capitalists in the room um, for, for uh, on the pod, there's nobody here. Um, but so it's not the type of, it's not the type of culture that we want to promote. It's also the type of culture that is completely opposite from Nordic and Scandinavian culture that we talked about on this podcast earlier. It is almost embarrassing in other countries. If you have to move in with your parents after college. Here, it's almost expected. I did it for like a total of eight months in between leases or right after school. That's nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing. Exactly. That's nothing compared to what other people have to do. Like it is, it is normal for people to graduate from university in the EU, pursue a life with their friends and really only see their parents on holidays. That is not the life that we live here in America. It's also not a hundred percent our culture but it's also because we are so intrinsically tied together financially. And it makes me so fucking mad that a simple campaign promise like $10,000 in student debt could not be forgiven. And it could, and if that happened, it could allow somebody to retire at the age that they thought that they would retire their entire life. So it's sad and it's unfortunate for the students. I also believe it is so sad for the parents. Like, Parents are supposed to be getting driven to doctor's appointments, not still paying our bills at the age of retirement, you know? And, and Or housing the person. It's like, 
Like, not, not that I'm, and I've had conversations with, with, I know it's not our culture, but like with, with friends that I have about like multi-generational um, housing and like, that's a bit different though. That's like in, I mean, we're younger, but like in 15 years or something, if my parents need to live with me, like that's what that means. Not like me being whatever age I am, which I will disclose that I should be living. I have friends who are in their thirties who just live with their parents and there's nothing wrong with that because that's just like they, they because they do. It's the some financial reality. College, some, it's the some that I've not gone to college, but like the financial reality for that specific person is, is that's not that uncommon to be three or twenties into your thirties that way. Which And then, and then they have the balls to ask us why we don't want to have children and why don't, why the hell would we want to bring people into this world to then have to do it for them? Like by the time they get, you get out, you're going to have to then have someone in your house. I do have a quick I'm not going to leave this conversation, but I do have a quick little sidebar. Um, pack it up, Pope, for trying to tell us to, that we're <laughs> sinners for not having fucking children or selfish or whatever. You know what? I am selfish. I like nice things. I like spending and- money. I like freedom. And I can't afford a fucking child because I can't even... If, my, if I had to pay off my student loans today and I had a child... One of us isn't eating. And live somewhere. Yeah, I, I would have to move back home. I would 100% have to move back home. No question about it. And it's like, of course, I'm not going to have a kid. I cannot afford a kid. So instead of condemning us, why don't you send a message to God to send a message to Joseph Robinette Biden to fucking reduce our student loans? Like, God damn. Wow. Wow. That was <laughs> wow. A circle. I mean, it, it, it tied itself up. Joe Biden's student loan debt, inspired by God. <laughs> well, I mean, I also, I the richness of the Pope thing to end it with the Pope, but like, to get, is that he took a vow of celibacy to never have children. So shut <laughs> the fuck up. Like, if you want, if you want fifty thousand more kids, however many, then have them your fucking self, dude. Like, and that motherfucker, you, that motherfucker has to ask for money from people every week in wicker baskets. Like, I'm not taking yeah. advice from you. Like, <laughs> child. You're a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> yeah. I got a white refrigerator. <laughs> I will say, as someone who's visited the Vatican, I thought it was just okay, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pack it up to this entire, you know, like just conversation about inequality and inequity. And and it's not an inspiring place to end, but it's a reality for so many people. And like, I think about the midterms and I think about 2024 and I think about there's all these people who are just like, well, Biden couldn't get the pandemic under control and he didn't pass that many things. I guess I'll just vote for a Republican. Good luck trying to get your student loans passed, your um, your student loans like reduced at all. Like good luck trying to get lower health care costs. Good, good fucking luck with any of that stuff. It's like when Republicans are like, oh, like you can't pay back your student loans, but you can go on a vacation to Europe. And I'm like, yeah, because a vacation to Europe costs a thousand dollars, and my student loan payment is eight hundred dollars a month. They are literally the same. <laughs> like like- but going to school, and it's like, but then it's like, if you don't go to school, you're a loser, and you'll never succeed in life. It's like, but then if I go to school, then I'm a loser, and I still never succeed in life. It's just there's no <laughs> there's no really way around. And then and then I'll never forget being in my capstone class senior year, and the professor was like talking about hiring when you go you're applying for jobs and then they're like you know and in a few years you're gonna and then you're gonna have to have your master's and she goes because you're all getting your master's you know that why the hell would i want to put myself in more debt like i would love to do that Absolutely one day or, or love to be i love you know to, to get more education but like at the expense of what 
So anyone listening, don't further your education. It's a fucking waste of money. It's a scam. I actually genuinely, like I sound like I'm sarcastic, I fully fucking believe it. Unless you're going to be a doctor or something where you need to fucking know what you're doing, obviously. Like, I don't see the purpose of college. I really don't. I agree. I'd say go to nursing school because there's a bunch of fucking nurses who are about to quit and you're going to get paid money when there's that (laughs) mass exodus post-pandemic. Or be a stripper. They make crazy money. Do whatever you want. Ain't no shame. Ain't no shame. Do whatever you want. You can have chumps like me do your taxes. Final thoughts from anybody? What was this episode about? <laughs> have we been radicalized? We circled back. We, we obviously are, weren't we, radicalized, we, by the way. <laughs> I just see how this episode started with Breitbart and ended with shitting on the Pope. I mean, gotta be we had to finish by screaming about capitalism to, to fix ourselves. Fair and, ba- fair and balanced. Law and order. Slogan. Law and order. <laughs> when the looting starts, the shooting starts, or whatever the fuck it no, is. When the looting stops, what did he say? <laughs> it was when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Did he really say that? He fully fucking said that. Like a day yeah. after the protest started. Remember when he said, if I, I could walk down Fifth Avenue right now and shoot someone blind in the face, I'd still get votes. Facts he logic. said he'd kill Hillary. Like, like. <laughs> oh my God. We're to be fair. People did want Hillary dead. Okay, well, so, yes, he did. Not that I do, FBI, if you're listening. Thanks for subscribing. <laughs> yeah. Fucking uh, Jeff Jeff Sessions has subscribed to this. So he's, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is he still around? <laughs> he probably wrote a book like the rest of these motherfuckers. So. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like this episode, um, we are Let's Unpack That. Send this episode to a friend or your conservative relative. And if you didn't like this episode, I don't really care. Please yeah, wait. DM all of us individually and tell us what you don't like so that we can read it and then pack you up. I will go in on yeah, you. Yeah, we're packing you up. I would, I would love hate mail. I love that, actually. We'll pack you up next week. She's looking at you, but we... <laughs> The only time we ever got hate mail uh, was when we did an episode with Charles McBride. <laughs> okay. You have to get that. <laughs> and I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving that in. Oh, Chuck. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next week.